Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Praise God. Even if it's something that's been a bad habit, it's been an addiction, a sin. For years, you can overcome it. You can. Uh, don't believe the lie that you can't. Greater is he that's in the believer than the enemy that's against the believer. What needs to happen, though, is you need to become stronger. When any of us are yielding to our flesh over and over again, that indicates a weak spirit. Your flesh has been fed too much. And your spirit, not enough. <laughs> and so a, a, a strong, if you will, desire of the flesh and a weak spirit is a bad combination. That's what results in falling again and again and again. Now, all of us have made mistakes and yielded to the flesh. Don't just despair, though. Realize what needs to happen for you to get uh, get out of it and to break free from this cycle of, of failure. You are not just a, a, a brain. You're not just a body. You're made in the likeness and image of God. This is one of the things that people who herald evolution and reject the Bible are missing. They, they are missing so big time. Uh, yeah, sure. There are similarities between my body and the body of an animal because we come from the same uh, creator and uh, nervous system, just the one he created, it works whether it's in me or whether it's in a, uh, an animal. Uh, but there's more to me than my body. Uh, God is a spirit and he's called the father of spirits. I'm a spirit being. You're a spirit being. You, you, ex you can exist and you will exist apart from your body. You'll still be you. You'll still have your mind when you don't have your brain. <laughs> See, your brain's simply the physical organ that your mind contacts this outward realm through. But uh, you can be weak in your spirit. Uh, for the child of God, especially, you can be born again. But when you are, you're a baby, and you need to be fed something good so that you begin to grow, but oftentimes people are not. They're not fed. Even if you go to church, it matters what is preached to you, because a lot of churches, they preach mostly uh, morality, uh, traditions, social reform, politics, etc., etc., not the Word. Only the Word will feed your spirit like it needs to be fed. Amen. Only the Word. And 
God has given gifts to the body of Christ, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that are specially anointed to minister to this word. And in hearing them deliver the word, you'll see things and get things from it you never saw before. And it's not because of them being so brilliant or anything. It's because of that anointing that they didn't give themselves, that God put on them for you, for your benefit. Gifts he gave to the body of Christ. And so when your spirit's weak, your flesh will want to do things that it shouldn't do. Even though you're born again, even though you're a child of God, your body didn't get born again. It was the inner man. You still got the same kind of body as an unbeliever. And your body will do anything you let it do. And your body will say, well, I, I want to do this. I, I want to do drugs. and I want to get drunk. or I, What, I want to do that. And, and your body can have a craving and desire, especially if you were into that before you got saved. And if your spirit's real weak, from way down deep inside, it'll go, no, <laughs> don't do that. You don't need to do that. But if your flesh is dominant, it'll go, I want it and I'm going to do it. And oftentimes people fall. You understand what I'm saying? Weak spirit and a dominating flesh. But you know, Paul said, in fact, go there in the scripture and look at it. 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9. He said this about himself. And he's a spiritual man, no doubt. But he said he had to do something with his body. 1 Corinthians 9, 27 says, But I keep under my body. That's King James structure. We'd say it like this. I keep my body under control. And I bring it into subjection. Now is Paul talking about his body? Did he have to do something with his body? He did. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway or unusable, we could say. Uh, Is Paul saying if he didn't control his flesh, he could wind up not, not being used? Yeah, Paul. So this is true with all of us, every one of us as a human being. So what did he do? He didn't let his body dominate him. He kept his body under control, kept his body under, brought it under subjection. Well, that indicates that his spirit was strong, stronger than his flesh. Now, if you'll feed your spirit on the good word of God and you'll exercise your faith day after day, week after week, month after month, you know what's going to happen? Your spirit is going to begin to get stronger, stronger and stronger and stronger. And if you'll deny your flesh, it'll get its desires and lusts will get weaker and weaker. Can you see you got things going the right way now? Spirit getting stronger, flesh desires getting weaker until instead of the flesh being dominant, you wind up with this inner man. Oh, come on, can you see that? Inner man being dominant. And then the flesh will timidly go, "Uh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Your spirit will go, no, I'll tell you what you can do and can't do. Well, okay, okay, I was just asking. (laughs) Your, Your spirit, instead of being so weak, going, no, no, don't do that. Barely hear it, barely even notice it. Your spirit can become so strong 
and so full of faith until it dominates your being instead of your flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's one reason to come to faith school. To get a good dose of the Word of God. You need, to, you need to be going to a good church where you get fed. You need to go to good meetings where you get fed. And there's a lot of good ministries around. And you want to take advantage of the ones that minister to you. Now sometimes people say, well, so-and-so is my favorite preacher or my favorite this and that. Well, that doesn't mean that they're better than all the other. Uh, it means they're the ones that uh, are ministering to you. It's right for you to be connected with them. And God has graced them to minister what you need. And when something really builds you up and lifts you up, you want to hear that again. You want to mark that, save that, get you a hard copy of that, go watch it again, go listen to it again, because every time you do, it's going to bolster you a little bit more. It's going to strengthen you a little bit more, and you want to get strong enough instead of just yielding to temptation, instead of just falling time after time after time, you actually turn it, get it turned around, your inner man becomes dominant. And when you, when you get to that place, you'll have the strength to say no to your own impulses and own temptation. You, you'll have the strength and it'll end it. It'll stop it. Now, don't live in condemnation. Everybody's missed it. Everybody's yielded to the flesh, made mistakes. That's why Jesus had to come because everybody had sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you don't want to live a defeated life. You don't want to let anything dominate you and control you. And so a lot of these things can really mess up your relationships, mess up your, your life, your career, etc. It's the enemy trying to steal from you. Don't let him do it. I want everybody to say it out loud. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. And, and I can do all things, can do all things. Through, Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. Now, that, that won't be true if you never go to church, you never feed on the Word, you feed on ungodly stuff all the time. That won't be true because you're feeding the wrong thing and the wrong thing's getting stronger. But if you'll, if you'll draw near to the Lord, if you'll, uh, you know, read your Bible sometime, <laughs> go to church, uh, feed on things like this, it will be true. You will be strong. You will overcome. You are an overcomer. Amen. That's who you are. That's what you are. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We'll go back to our text there in Philippians, the uh, second chapter. And we've been studying the healing of Epaphroditus. In verse 25, he said, I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, companion in labor, and fellow soldier. We see uh, repeated references to Paul's high esteem of this man. And not just Paul's, this is the Spirit of God speaking through Paul. So Epaphroditus is held up to us as an example of something to honor. The word honor means value, to what you value. And so what we're, what we're seeing here are valuable attributes, significant, honorable qualities, characteristics. He said he's a, 
He's a companion in labor. He, he works the work of the Lord like I do. He's a fellow soldier. He, he's a soldier uh, willing to endure hardness, good, like a good soldier, just like I am, Paul was saying. He's your messenger, your apostle, your sent one, and he that ministered to my wants. So Paul said, he ministered to me personally. That word wants in the King James is usually translated need or needs. So he said, he, uh, Epaphroditus, ministered to my needs. Uh, we know that, you know, he's uh, incarcerated. He's, he doesn't have his freedom. And these prisons were not nice places. Uh, a lot of people got sick and died just from being in there in the squalid conditions, uh, bad air, bad food, contaminated water, list goes on. And so no doubt the, the, the church at Philippi, when they found out that, you know, Paul's there, that's what moved them. They're like, he needs some things. He needs some help. And so Epaphroditus was willing to take the help to him personally, because that's the only way you could be sure is going to get to him. You know, um, most of the people, the vast majority of people around, were not Christians. <laughs> right? The vast majority of people around them in the Roman Empire were worshipers of false gods. Zeus, Apollo, Aphrodite, Venus, all these, all these things. Well, they are not moral people. They, they don't teach moral. You know, lying is not a problem for them. Stealing and killing is not a problem in many of these situations. So you, you couldn't hand the uh, money and the clothes over to somebody and say, could you make sure that Paul gets this? You know? <laughs> no, he knows, they know this has got to be hand-delivered. He's, he's got to see this all the way through. And so Paul said, he ministered to my needs. Did that affect Paul's ministry at this time of his life? Yes, it did. So then it takes on uh, clothes, money, food, takes on kingdom, eternal kingdom significance. Are y'all with me, class? Why? Because God requires vessels to minister and manifest through. Now, he's, he's the Almighty. He could do any number of things, but this is what he has, how he has chosen to do it. How he has ordained that people should be saved through what the world calls the foolishness of preaching. That's the only way it's going to happen. God has ordained it to be that way. Well, that involves human beings, just like you, just like me, that don't know everything, got these bodies to deal with. And so uh, I think sometimes people have not realized how significant natural things are when they affect the kingdom. They take on a much bigger value 
and greater significance. So it was only some food. Uh, it was only, you know, a change of clothes. It was only a coat. It was only a few parchments. Yeah, but did it do anything to Paul's spirit? Because um, he said this on more than one occasion. Uh, some people had done things for him uh, from some other places. If you read the letters to Cor Corinth and what have you. He said, they refreshed my spirit. It refreshed. Did you hear that phrase? Yes. Well, then he got a boost. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, when you get a boost, what do you do? Well, when, a, when an artist gets a boost and gets inspired, they paint. They sculpt. Is that right? Well, when a man of God like Paul gets inspired and gets a boost, what does he do? He, he, he writes Philippians. Huh? And we're still preaching it all these centuries later. How valuable are these words? You can't put a value on them. They are the very thoughts of God right out of heaven into the earth through a vessel through a pen onto a scroll. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And did Epi have anything to do with it? <laughs> Brother Epaphroditus. Did the, did the saints at Philippi, did they have anything to do with it? They did. They did. The reason I say it is because there, too many times people have had the idea that you've got the ministry and the laity, and it's the minister's job, the preacher's job, to do all the ministry. And so what do the laity do? Well, come to church if they want to, sometimes. No, mm -mm. no. There's something called the ministry of helps. It's in the scripture. Helps. And it covers a broad spectrum. And, you know, we, uh, right now, uh, you're watching this broadcast. And you don't see the people behind the cameras and the people in the control room. You don't see uh, the folks that uh, do maintenance on this building and cleaning. You don't see the people that install the lighting and the people that do the adjustments. Uh, you don't see the, the, the lady that, uh, you know, d did the laundry or, or, or all of these things. But every one of them have a part in the anointing. And anybody that gets saved through this, anybody that gets healed through this, anybody that gets restored, every one of them has a vital, important part. And we've got, uh, you know, so many partners it takes money to do these things. And there's so many part working jobs, working at a bakery, working at an auto plant, working at, you know, in janitorial service, and sending part of their pay to this ministry so this can happen. Is that important? It, you can't do it without it. it it's vital. It's vital part. I know some, uh, some time ago, I was ministering at the church on um, reward, talking about reward, and got to the passage where Jesus said, um, um, if you receive a prophet 
in the name of a prophet, you, you get the prophet's reward. And he talked about if you offer a, a cup of cold water only to somebody because they're the Lord, they belong to him, you will in no wise lose your reward. In studying that passage, one of the phrases, if you looked it up, you, it could read, you, if you receive the prophet or the righteous man in the name of a prophet or righteous man, you receive the same reward as the prophet or righteous man. And I thought, the same reward? And I said, well, I'm praying, you know, a lot of times while I'm studying. I said, Lord, I, I don't want to say that that's not accurate. Is that accurate to say they receive the same reward? And I mean, just like that. I don't mean I heard a voice outside, but inside me where the Spirit of God is. He said, can, Keith, can you do what you do without all your partners? I said, no. He said, then it wouldn't get done. It wouldn't happen without them. There'd be nothing to get a reward for. <laughs> right? <laughs> so if it can't happen with them, it's only right that when it does happen with them, they should get part of that same reward. Right? Because it wouldn't have happened without them. We see the significance of partnership. Uh, actually, this book of Philippians is one of the strongest on partnership of all the epistles. Um, if, you, if you're looking there in that second chapter, just back up to the first chapter, and you see, he said in Philippians 1, verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Now that word fellowship could be equally translated partnership. For your partnership, because uh, fellowship means you are sharing. You have a share or a part in it. A fellow sharer, fellow worker, fellow partner. And notice verse 7, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. They were partners materially and financially. They were partners in prayer. They were partners in faith. And they were partners in the grace that was on his life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The grace that was on him. This, this, this turns a meal into something eternally valuable. This turns a change of clothes into something that will last and go on and on. And it's not just about the physical thing that we've already mentioned. It's about its effect on the vessel. The encouraging the strengthening, the refreshing. Come on, put yourself in Paul's uh, case. He's been in a stinky Roman <laughs> jail, right? For whatever length of time. Uh, the food, uh, the water, <laughs> you know, you've had the same stinky clothes on for weeks or months. And here shows up Somebody that got saved in one of your meetings over in Philippi, huh? And he's got three donkey loads. <laughs> You're going to tell me that that's no big deal to you? 
Huh? You're going to go, well, whatever, you know, that's not spiritual. That's just natural faith. No, are you kidding? Huh? <laughs> He's going to say, you wouldn't happen to have a bar of soap in any of that, would you? You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't have to have some fresh bread in there, would you? I do. I do. And got some money. We'll go out here and get some more. And so next thing you know, uh, Paul has, you know, they got some water to him. Uh, you know, it's always been that way. If you've got some money and you can pay the right people, things can happen. And so he got a bath. He's got some clean, fresh clothes on. He's got a good meal in his stomach. And he said, and, and did you get those parchments? He said, man, I got parchments. You can write letters for days, brother. I got you. I got you three gallons of ink over here, man. I got you. <laughs> did this affect the ministry? Uh, how much did it affect it? We're preaching out of Philippians today. Is that right? All these centuries later, it is so important. Do not minimize the ministry of helps. Do not minimize. Do not treat lightly or talk lightly about natural things that affect spiritual things. I know in the early days of our ministry, Phyllis, my wife, and I were privileged to help some of our elders travel with them and assist uh, them in some ways. And, and at one point, Phyllis asked uh, uh, the lady we were helping, uh, you know, could we do some of the ironing? Could we do some of this? Can we, can we pack some things? Can we unpack some things? Because we're traveling all the time. And um, they allowed us to and allowed some others with us to help. And, and so we began to do more of that. And you could see uh, as our elders got older and older, we'd just come to a place and they'd get to the room and uh, our guys and their guys had gotten there ahead of time. Clothes are there, unpacked, iron, everything's ready to go. They could plop down on the couch and rest until the service in the morning. And, and they're now at that point, they're in their late 70s and then in their 80s. And these things make a difference. I said they make a difference. That you're not using your strength and energies on things that you don't have to and you can focus them on other. And so uh, we begin to see how to take some natural things up. We can help do this appointment. We can go pick this up. We can go take care of this. And one, uh, one of our elders at one point told us that it was making a difference in the anointing on their life. That they are not tired, they're not worn out, they don't have to be concerned about it, they know it's going to be done, it's going to be taken care of. And they, like the, like the apostle said, we'll give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Do you remember that's what they said in the book of Acts? We'll give ourselves to that. Well, you couldn't do that unless these other natural things were taken care of. So can you see how, again, a natural thing has a direct impact on a spiritual ministry? Said out loud, Lord, Lord show, me how show me how to do what I can do to help your church with any natural thing, help your ministers, your people, your ministries, the preaching of your word, the building of your church. I am glad and willing to do anything that makes a difference. Thank you. For using me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You'll be somebody like Epaphroditus. Hallelujah. 
How many know we need a lot of epaphroditus? Yeah, we do. Time is up again. Come back tomorrow, and we need to get more into seeing how exactly God had mercy on this man, and he got his healing. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.